Nefesh as well. And then we also use them to refer, the Ulam at least, we use to refer to the, um, to the, to the Mishkan, right? So they're basically the entrance. I say if I had a picture on me, I would have, I would have gotten it. I, um, there's a Mishnayas that has these pictures. All I can say is just probably look it up. Look it up afterwards. You know, go, go Google what the, what the difference is between the Ulam and the Heichel. Just so you have a, a you know, a, it's not so completely abstract. You have a picture in your mind of what we're actually referring to. Basically, we're talking about entranceways. The Heichel is the entranceway into the Kodesh, into the holier part of the Beis HaMikdash, um, the Ulam is the entranceway into the outer part of the Beis HaMikdash. The Ulam entrance is 40 amas high, and the, uh, the uh, Heichal entrance is 20 amas tall. But it, without, without seeing, I think seeing the pictures is helpful. So I, that's what I would suggest doing when you guys get a chance. Okay, so the Gemara continues, and we're continuing to analyze based on Rav's opinion. Rav's opinion was that the way that the, the Chachamim, who said that the maximum height is 20 amas, where did they get that idea from, that the maximum height of the Korah, of the beam, that is going across the Mavoy that permits to carry in the Mavoy, right? The Mavoy is the alleyway that was similar to the Rosh Hashanah And Chazal were concerned that if we let you carry in the Mavoy without any alteration, you will then come to carry in the Rosh Hashanah So they said you need to put up this Korah, this, this roof beam that goes across the, the two sides of the Mavoy on the open, on the place in which the, it's open to the Rosh Hashanah right? To the public domain. Now, they said, according to the Chachamim, it can't be higher than 20 amas. Rav says, where did they get that halacha from 20 amas? They decided that halacha from the fact that the toll, the entranceway into the ulam was 20 amas, and, and sorry, into the heichal was 20 amas high. Okay, that's what Rav says. Now the Gemara is going to ask another question on Rav. So it's going to take a little bit of time to develop this question. So that's what the, the context, that's what we're starting from. Elamiata, if this is so, the amaltara should not help for the, for the height of a, um, of a Kaira, right? Now, what's an Amaltara? An Amaltara, the Gemara itself is going to discuss a little bit later what an Amaltara is. But basically, if you have an Amaltara, which is some sort of decorative uh, thing, a lintel on top, of your, on top of your opening, the halacha is that you're allowed to go higher than 20 amas. So if the Korah has an Amaltara on top of it, the Korah could be higher than 20 amas. That's the halacha. Now, the problem is like this. If the way that the Chachamim learn out their halacha of the height of the entrance, of the height of the Korah, is derived directly from the entrance to the Heichal, then who said that you could go higher than 20 Amas, even if there's an Amaltara? Why does the other Brisa say you're allowed to go higher than 20 Amas if you have this Amaltara? Even with an Amaltara, it shouldn't be enough, because the halacha should be you can't go higher than 20. Well, maybe what you'll tell me is that the entrance to the Heichal didn't have an Amaltara, and maybe that's why the Heichal could only be 20 Amas tall. But if the entrance to the Heichal had an Amaltara, it could have been higher than 20 Amas. Maybe in theory, that's what you would have suggested. So the Gemara immediately is going to say, you can't even suggest that, because that's not true. The Heichal, Amaltara Havile. The Heichal had this Amaltara on top of its entrance. Even so, it was only 20 Amas tall. It was not taller. It's not, we learned in the Mishnah. There were these five amalteras of um, Mila is uh, oak, of oak wood on top of the entrance to the Heichal. Each one is higher than the other. Basically what they have is the entrance to the Heichal was uh, 10 amas wide and 20, I'm sorry, 10 amas wide, 20 amas tall, right? So at 20 amas, they had the amaltara, they had a, the first layer of this like decorative oak thing was one amas wide, was one ama wider on either side than the actual entrance. The next layer was another ama wider, next layer, another ama wider on each side. 
So the top of Maltara was actually 30 amas wide. The one right above the, sorry, uh, yeah, it was 30 amas wide. The one right above the, the not 30 amas, 20 amas wide. One right above the, right above the Heichal was 10, was 12 amas wide, 14, 16, 18, 20. Okay? So it was this nice decorative thing. We still didn't discuss exactly what that is. But what we see is that the Heichal had an Amaltara. And still, only 20 amas was the max height that the Heichal could be. So from here, we should be able to derive, if indeed Rav is correct, that the source for the height of the Kaira is exactly derived from the Heichal, then it should be maxed out at 20 amas. Bahai mighty after the Gemara says, one second, what kind of question are you asking? Dilma kitanya hi the amaltara is tanya. Maybe when they said that there were amaltaras on top of the entrance to the base of Mikdash, what they were referring to is not a maltara on top of the Heichal, but rather an amaltara on top of the Ulam. And maybe the Heichal had no amaltara at all. So the fact that you can go higher than 20 amas if you have an amaltara, that's not a, you should not be limited. From the fact that the Heichal, you, could, you couldn't go higher than 20. Okay, well, the Heichal didn't have an Amaltara. If the Heichal would have had an Amaltara, maybe it could have gone higher than 20. Behind my question, the Gemara says, one second, what, what type of question is this anyways? Dilma Tavnes Heichal, No, it's true that we might only know explicitly about the Ulam having an Amaltara on top of it. But presumably, the, the, the way that the Amaltara on top of the Ulam is reflected by the amount on top of the Heichal. In other words, both of these entranceways are probably pretty similar. And if the entranceway to the Ulam had a Amaltara, then the entranceway to the Heichal had an Amaltara too. So we're back to the question on Rav. Alama Amar Rebbe, now the Gemara is going to actually speak out what his question is, because they didn't really speak it out yet. Alama Amar Rebbe, Eloi Amar Rav. Rechava Dalar, Apokishayin If you have a Kaira on top of the, on top of the, the Moboy alleyway, right? And it's four Tachim wide. And even though it's not strong enough to hold a, um, an ariach, which is a type of brick, even though it's not strong enough, it's still kosher as a kora. The rap continues, And if it has an amaltara on top of the kora, even if it's higher than 20 amas above the ground, you do not need to be mamayatish. You do not need to diminish its height. So we see that rap holds, so you can go higher than 20 amas on the kora. The kora had an amaltara on it. Where did he get the salaha from? The Amaltara is not the opinion of Rav. It's actually a, uh, a brisa that Rav was saying over. But indeed, that, that, that if you have an Amaltara, you go higher than 20 Amas, Rav would disagree. My Ketanila, whose opinion is this? Amar Abayah. The son of Rav Baravua is the one who says over this statement. And even if you're right that the amount is only just a brisa, end of the day, the tick to the Rav, it's still going to be a question on Rav. In other words, Rav is a Tana, right? Rav is allowed to argue on a brisa, right? Technically, we, know, we say that Rav is like uh, ambiguous, basically. Not ambiguous, not the right word. Uh, more ambidextrous, I guess, would be the better word. Rav is an Amoira, but he's also a Tana on some level. So Rav has the ability to argue on Mishnayis. However, that is a, a weapon of last resort. The question that we're asking is, this statement that says that an Amaltara permits you to carry even above 20 Amas, that's a Brisa, authored by Tanayim. So what's Rav going to do with that Brisa? Amar Lach Rav. Rav says, Dala Nami Hacha. Rav says, what? You're asking a question of me? Even without my opinion about that the derivation of the Chachamim is from Hechal, you still would have a problem from this Brisa. Why? Masnaisa Mile There'll be two Brisas that are going to be a question on each other. What are the questions? The Brisa earlier says that, that um, 20 amas high is, is, is derived from the law of the Hecha. 
Now, if the Heichal indeed had an Amaltara, the Brisa earlier is explicit that even with an Amaltara, you can't go higher. Because the Heichal also had an Amaltara, you can't go any higher. And yet this Brisa says if you have an Amaltara, you can go higher than 20, right? So the question is just being driven home a little bit stronger right now. There's clearly a contradiction between these two opinions. One opinion says that although we derive from Heichal, if you have an Amaltara, you can go higher than 20. One opinion is since we derive from, from Heichal, even with an Amaltara, you can't go higher than 20. So what is Rav going to answer this contradiction? Tanai, it's two different Tanaim. One Tana says you can go higher, one Tana says you can't. I agree, I also think that the two different opinions are, are opinions of two different Tanaim. And indeed, that which I said earlier, that the Chachamim derived their law from, of the height from the law of the Heichal, they indeed would be limited to, even with an Amaltara, they wouldn't go higher than 20. But the other Chachamim, in the other Brisa, who say if you go higher than 20 with an Amaltara, they argue. Nachman Yitzchak says, no, without Rav, these Brises would not be a question on each other. There would not be any contradiction. It's only because of Rav that they become contradictory. Why? According to Chachamim, what's the reason that you cannot put the Chachamim too high up in the air? Because it needs to have a kera, right? We're going to see that this is going to be a big, a big conversation we're going to have about these ideas. Basically, we haven't yet discussed what exactly does the kaira do when you put the kaira at the end of the alleyway, when you put the lechi at the end of the alleyway, when you put a past dalid by a chatzar. What do all of these things do? Are they here for the sake of making it look like there's an actual wall here? Or are they here for the sake of making a hacker? A hacker is a sort of like a notification or like an indication, if you will. Right? What a hacker does is it tells everyone, do not think that this is typical. There's something different about this. It's kind of like this big sign that says there's something different. Now, Chazal didn't say, oh, you could just make a sign at the end of a mubboy and say that this is different than Rosh Hashanah. That's not what they wanted you to do. They wanted you to make a, a structural change, a structural alteration to indicate that this is different than a mubboy. And this is different than, a, sorry, a regular Rosh Hashanah. So, that's what they wanted you to do. Now, if you have a hacker, but nobody sees the hacker because it's too small, or it's too distant, or it's too high up in the sky, then the hacker is not going to do anything. So why did they tell us that you can't go higher than 20 amos? Because that's the tallest amount of space that people's eyes naturally go to. So when the Gemara earlier told us that there's a measurement about the, the height of the entrance into the Heichal, that wasn't really the point. It wasn't that we actually learned out the halacha from the height of the entrance into the Heichal. That halacha was a way just to remember what the measurement is that Chazal wanted. Remember, Chazal said that the Kaira permits carrying in the Mavoy. Why? Because they wanted it to be a Hekira. They wanted it to be an indication that this is not a regular Shasarabim, a regular public domain. Now, what did they tell us about the height? They wanted us to keep it to a height that people would notice. Why did they tell us Heichal? It's not because the Heichal really has anything to do with it. Heichal is just a good way to remember a measurement of 20 amas. Nachem Yitzchak, it's so great. So he wants to explain now like this. Nachem Yitzchak essentially is saying like this. When the earlier Brisa said that you're limited to 20 amas, like the Heichal, it didn't really mean that we actually learn out the law of the Korah from the law of the Heichal. We don't. We learn out the law of the Korah because Chazal said we need it to be something that's noticeable. If you have an Amaltara on top of your Kaira, guess what? It's noticeable even higher than 20 Amis. Well, the Heichal had an Amaltara and still it was limited to 20. Well, the Heichal's doorway is not about noticeability. It has nothing to do with that, right? So Rav Nachman Yitzchak is very good. He could say, I have one Brisa telling me it's related to the Heichal, but 
Yeah, that's true. It's related to the Heichal in the sense that they're both 20 Amas. But it's not related to the Heichal in the sense that if you have an Amaltor, you could go higher than 20 Amas when it comes to a Korah. And only Rav, who said that it's directly derived from the Heichal, has issues. But nobody else should have issues with these two prices. So the Gemara says, However, there's a problem. If Nachman Yitzchak argues on Rabbah, then he's okay. But if he does not argue on Rabbah, if he, if he agrees with Rabbah, then he's in trouble. What's Rabbah? If he agrees to Rabbah, then he's in trouble. To Amar Rabbah, Rabbah says in Sukkah, Masechah Sukkah, it says, so there's the, the Mishnah in Sukkah tells us that the height of the Sukkah has to be 20 Amas. It can't be higher than 20 Amas. Now, Rabbah says, why is it 20 Amas? Because it says in the Torah that you have to know that you're inside the Sukkah when you're in the Sukkah. So if you go higher than 20 Amas, you're not going to recognize that you're inside the Sukkah. That's why, the, that's why Chachalim said you can't go higher than 20 Amas. Now, if Rabbah held that you'd only see something that's within 20 Amas of the ground, then Rabbah already said that earlier in Masech the Sukkah. And if Nachman Yitzchak agrees to Rabbah in Masech the Sukkah, well, Nachman Yitzchak should not need to tell us again in, in Erevin that when you have a Kaira, that the purpose of the Kaira is as a Hekaira, is as an indicator, that it can't be higher than 20 Amas. That should already be understood from the Halacha that he stated in, in Sukkah. Okay? The Gemara says, Why do we need to have two different Mishnayas in which both of these Mishnayas separate topics, they mention that the, there's a, a specific limitation that the height can't be more than 20 amas. Why do you need to say it twice? Just say it once. Give us the sense that that's your halacha, and then good, we're good to go. Gemara answers, Tricha. We need both cases. If we would have only said by a sukkah that going higher than 20, your eye doesn't see it anymore. That's what Yehuda says, that if your eye doesn't see it, then it's a problem. Even the yeshiva, I'm sorry, the other way around, that it's not a problem. Since it's made for the purposes of dwelling in it, then your eyes, when you're sitting down in the area, right? You're sitting down, you're eating a meal, you're looking around you, you notice what's going around you. So you're going to notice that there's a roof on this place. But you're walking through a mavoy, you're, you're traveling, you're going back and forth. You're not, you're not hanging out in a mavoy. A mavoy is a, it's an extension, it's an alleyway, it's a, it's a public thoroughfare almost, right? So, maybe he would agree to the Chalam that 20 Amas is the max distance that people will notice when they're walking. But in a sukkah where they're sitting, they're going to notice even when it's higher than 20 Amas. And that's why he argues with the Chalam. Therefore, we need to say it in both places, because otherwise I would have only a thought. In one place, they'd be arguing, not in the other place. And if we would have argued, if we would have only said this halacha by sukkah, I'm sorry, by, by, um, by sukkah and not by Erevin, Maybe I would have said that only by, the other way around, sorry, by, um, by Erevin. Maybe I would have said that when did the Chachamim argue under Yehuda? Only by Erevin, because you're not going to notice the height of the, of the Kaira, because you're walking. And maybe when it comes to a sukkah where you're sitting, maybe they would agree to Rabbi Yehuda, and even higher than 20 Amas would indeed be kosher. Is everybody with me, by the way? Everybody got, got where we're going so far? Make sense? I'm not going to make you guys turn on your, your mics and cameras. That, that's, uh, that's for my father-in-law, and not for me. Uh, so the Gemara says that's what we need in both of these Mishnayas. My Amaltara. Now the Gemara goes into a side topic. What is this Amaltara? It's some sort of a, a nest. Right? So basically, they would make some sort of carvings in the wood to make it look like a nest. No, it's not, it's not a, a nest. Rather, some sort of cedar 
um, poles that they would stick on top of the on top of the the uh, doorway. Madam so the one who says that it's these cedar poles, Koskenkini, certainly the nest people would notice. Right? So if even the cedar poles would permit you to make the clearer higher than 20 amas, because people would notice them, then certainly a, 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 the, the wood carving in the shape of a nest, you'll be permitted to carry in this uh, mobo, even though the, the clearer is higher than 20 amas, certainly noticeable. Manda Marquini, however, the one who says that you're permitted to carry only if the if the top of it is a as these uh, wood in the shape of a nest, maybe that's where people will notice it even when it's higher than 20 amas. I'm a biscuit, that is a light, but if it'll be the these uh, cedar um, poles, you wouldn't necessarily notice them, and therefore, even if it's higher, if it's higher than 20 amas with cedar poles, that's not enough. My name is Kedarza, my time, I'm Mishuna Nafish, Mishuna According to the one who says that Kedarza, you can go higher than 20 amas, why is this so? Is it because they're very long? A sukkah, the nafesh meshche. A sukkah could be any any length at all, and still not okay. And they still said it's not permitted to, to eat there in a sukkah of a tarot and twenty amas, the, the roof. So rather, it has to do with the fact that a cedar pole is, is a very valuable thing. And when you see a cedar pole on the side of a, a house, you notice it because it's, it's, it's significant. Okay. Miktas Now we're going to get into a new topic, and we're relating it back to sukkah. It goes like this. We said earlier that the, the kaira has to be less than 20 amas off the ground. Well, let's say the kaira is less than 20 off the ground, but it's a thick kaira. It's a thick beam. So it starts at less than 20, and it goes up to more than 20. What's the halacha? Is that considered an issue? It doesn't have to be that the whole kaira is beneath the 20 ama height, or does it have to be just part of the kaira beneath the 20 ama height? Same question. Let's say part of the part of the schach is higher than twenty amos off the ground. Part of the schach is less than twenty amos off the ground. Is that a kosher sukkah or not? Rabbi says when it comes to a mavoi, it will be kosher. When it comes to a sukkah, it will be kosher. Why? When it comes to a to a the the beam on the alleyway is a kosher, even though half of it is above the twenty amos height. Damrinan kolish. We should say something called kolish. Kolish is basically what you do is you, you sort of like look at the area as if it's sliced, right? They have this thick beam and the beam is, let's say, uh, one ama thick. It's, uh, you know, 24 inches thick. You basically look at it as if it's sliced very, very thinly. And the only part that is still there is the part that's beneath the 20, beneath the 20 amas height. Okay? There's a concept that we suggest that is idea called kolish. So Well, if that's true, and that's why it's kosher, a sukkah also, we should say kolish. We should say the same idea by sukkah, that is kolish. We look at the schach as if they're sliced very thinly, and the only amount of schach that's uh, on top of the sukkah that's relevant to us is the part that's beneath 20 amas height. Well, if it's a schach, then that's a problem. Because if the schach, if they were sliced thinly, then the chamasa, then the sunshine, will be more than the tzilasa, will be more than the shade. We know that the halacha is that, the, that when the schach are on top of your sukkah, there has to be more shade than sunshine from the schach. Now, if your schach are cut very thinly and you leave only a teeny, very thin layer, then what's going to end up happening is perhaps there's going to be more sunshine than shade beneath. And that's going to be problematic. So the idea of kolosh, of slicing it very thinly, that's going to work for the kaira. That's not going to work for the schach. And that's why for the kaira, it still be kosher, even though part of it's above, part of it's below. But for the schach, if part of it's above and part of it's below, it's going to be possible. That's what Rabbi suggests. The Gemara says, what do you mean? One second. One of the criteria that are necessary for the beam to be kosher by a mavoi is that it cannot 
be the type of beam that is so light and thin that it'll be blown away by a wind. Well, if you were colorish it, if you made it very thin by slicing it, or you know, having this perception, a 3D vision as if it's sliced, well then guess what? It would be so thin that it'll be able to blow away in the wind. So so in our vision, in our sort of like 3D vision of what we're putting onto the area where that beam is, in which we're saying that it got sliced very thinly, we also have to put into our vision that the Korah is not made out of wood, but rather it's made out of metal. Well, Hachanami, if so, so once you're playing games like that, then also play a game and say that I slice it, look at it as if it's sliced by a sukkah, and if the schach still affords more shade than sunshine. So once again, why did Rabbi say that by a schach it's pasal and by a maboy it is kasha? When you have a sukkah, a sukkah is for individuals. And what the concern is like this, that the whole concern over here is like this, that the sukkah, if the schach, what's the big deal? Part of the schach is beneath 20. Who cares if part of the schach is above 20? The concern is that perhaps some of the schach will fall off the part below 20. And what's going to happen is that the only schach that will be left will be the schach above 20. Well, what we're saying is like this. By a, by a sukkah, we're concerned that nobody's going to notice it. But by a mobile, people are going to notice it. By a mobile, there's many people living there, and somebody's going to notice it. By a sukkah, where it's very, there's only individuals living here, nobody's going to notice if it got a thinner ceiling, and indeed that it's above 20. And that's why by a sukkah, it's possible by a mobile, it's kosher. Ravina Amr Sukkah da Raisa. Ravina says, no, the reason why Rabbah is more chamor by a sukkah is because a sukkah is, is an obligation on a Torah level. Obligation on a Torah level, we're more stringent. That's only an obligation to put up the Kaira on a rabbinic level. They're not as stringent. And therefore they permitted, even though if we ended up losing some of the top of the, of the Kaira, it would end up being Pasuk. He said the Shemites are the other way. In other words, he said of the statement of Rabbah the other way around. What did Rabbah say? I'm a Rabbah. But Mavoy Pasuk, when it comes to a Kaira, if part of it's below 20 amas, part of it's above 20 amas, it is pasal. The sukkah kshera. If it's a sukkah, then part of it is are below 20, part of it's above 20, it's still kosher. Maishna sukkah dekshera, the amin and kolosh. Why by sukkah do we say it's kosher? If we say kolosh, we say look at it as if it's sliced a little bit. That if so, then why not by a kaira? Don't we say the same thing? Look at it as if part of it's sliced. Because if you would slice part of it off by a kaira, you would be left with um, the you will be left with the kaira being so thin that it would get blown away by, by a light wind. So too, if you say that the schach get thinned out, so you should say that if you have to look at the schach as being thinned out, well, then you might end up with um, more, more sunshine than shade. You have to say that the case over here is we get, you look at it as if the shade is more than the sunshine. So too, when it comes to the kaira, you should look at it as if they're because if they're made out of metal and they're not going to get blown away. So why does Rabbi say the apostle? A sukkah that is for individuals, they're going to remind each other that it's necessary to fix the roof, right? If you are individuals living in a sukkah, right, so you're going to always know that your schach is partially above 20, partially below 20. And you're going to be constantly checking, oh, did the schach get thinned out and now there's only schach above 20? Did my floor get a little leveled out and now the, the opening is too great? Because there's individuals who take responsibility, right? Moboy, the rabbin, but moboy that's made for everybody, right, for the entire rabbin. 
Samchi Adati Vlaimitri, they all depend on everybody else to take care of the problem. This is a famous principle that Chazal say time and time again, the importance of having a buck stop here kind of guy. If you have a pot that belongs to two different people, then what happens is it will not get hot and it will not get cold, right? Basically, what that means is it's, it's not going to cook well. It's going to get burnt, right? Tonight, I was in the middle of making something, and I told someone else I, I had to go help a kid, and I said, oh, can you make sure that doesn't burn? But guess what happened? It burnt. Because when you leave something for somebody else and you start it off and someone else's it doesn't work that well. You, you got it's got to be very very clear. Somebody's taking responsibility. So by a sukkah where individuals are living in a sukkah, then there there's always going to be a sense of responsibility to make sure that the schach do not thin out that they're only above twenty. But by a mavoi, there's many people sharing this this alleyway, and nobody's going to be in charge to make sure that the mavoi's kaira has not gotten too high. Okay. So basically, what we now just did is we took Rabba's statement and we said it one of two ways. Right? In other words, he said it either he was more stringent by Mavoy, less stringent by Sukkah, more stringent by Sukkah, less stringent by Mavoy. And then we explain that both of them make sense. <coughs> okay. Vina Amar, Sukkah Daraisa, Lebei Chizik. Ravina says the Sukkah, that's Daraisa, we don't need to make a Chizik for this. This is another, another principle that we have. Sometimes we say that Chazal are more stringent when they're trying to protect the Daraisa. Sometimes you say, excuse me, Chazal are less stringent when they're trying to protect the Daraisa than when they're trying to protect the Rabbanon. Why? Because and they're trying to protect the Daraisa, people are very careful with the Daraisa. So they don't have to make additional um, they wrote. But if they're trying to protect the Rabbanon, people are not as careful. Therefore, they have to make it extra stringent. My Avila, what's the halach at the end of the day? Which one's the correct version? Rabbi Barabula Amar Zev is apostle. Says both of them are apostle. If, if part of it's below 20 Amas, it's apostle. Rabbi Amar Zev is kasha. Rabbi says both of them are kasha. Even if only, only part of it's below 20 Amas, both of them are still kasha according to Rabbi. The Gemara says, why? When we said the measurements of how high it's allowed to be before it becomes possible, we said 20 amos off the ground. Is the schach 20 amos off the ground? No. Is the kaira 20 amos off the ground? No. End of the day, they're both kasher, according to Rabbah, as long as part of it's below 20 amos, even if part of it's above. Papa says to Rabbah, bring your proof from a brisa. If you have a mavoi that is that the the kaira is higher than twenty amos off the ground, then it's higher than the entrance into the heichal. You have to make it lesser. You have to lower it. The heichal gufei And the whole halacha of a heichal, what the entrance into the heichal, the the open area, the hollow area, was twenty amos. We see from here that the way that we compare a mavoi. The, the height of the Korah to become Pasal has to be that it is higher than 20 Amos off the ground, similar to the height of the Heicha. And therefore, the same way, the Korah, as long as it's less than 20 Amos off the ground, it's Kasher. So no matter what, it's Kasher. That's this proof that he's bringing to Rabbah. Esther is seen by Ravashi, the Rapapa. He asks the question to, to Rapapa's proof. It says that you, you have to take the, the Korah and put the Korah lower than 20 Amos off the ground. Right? According to you, it's okay as long as it's right at 20 amas. Ema ulamayla. So rather, don't say that it has to be misfas esrim at 20 amas and below. Rather, say 20 amas and above. In other words, right at 20 amas, not below 20 amas. What do you mean? It says it has to be below 20 amas. You see from here that the, the lower part is the same as the higher part. What does this mean? So to the upper limit of the Mavoy, it has to be, it, the Korah has to be 20 Amas and not an inch higher, right, in terms of upper limit. 
So too, when it comes to the Maboy, when it comes to the, um, one second, I think this means, let me just see Rashi, but I think what this means is that, so too, when it comes to the, 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 the minimum, minimum height of the Maboy, it has to be no less than 10 Fachim tall. And that's what we're trying to teach by using this definition of Lamata. Okay. New Gemara. Amar Abaya. Mishmeder of Nachman. Now we're going to discuss the, the measurements of a sukkah, the measurements of a mavoy. So when we talk about an ama, an ama is a measurement that's either six or five tefachim. Okay? So a, a five, a tefach is, a, let's call it roughly, roughly four inches, right? For, for the fun of it. It's not so clear, but let's, let's call it five, let's call it six inches. Okay? So what did I say? Six, I'm sorry, four inches, right? So you have ama sukkah, ama mavoy, ama paschamesha. They, they are made, they're used with an ama that is a five tefach ama, so a 20 inch, a 20 inch ama. Ama's klayim, but ama's pas shisha. When it comes to the questions of klayim, then we use an ama of six, of six tefach ama, which is 24 inch ama. Ama's mavay, but ama's pas chamisha, lamayi When we tell you that it has to be a, a five tefach ama, what, what's halacha relevant for? The goyvay, for its height, lapirtas mavay. And also, for the size of a pirza, for the size of a, a hole in the wall. What do you mean? That's true, that that's a stringency. In other words, when you're trying to figure out of how high the, the kaira could be to still make the mavay kasher, the stringency of saying that your ama is a smaller ama, that's a stringency, because you can't go so high before the kaira, it will be tussle. And when it comes to figuring out how big of a, a, a gap in the side of the mavay is going to render the mavay tussle, well, if you're using the smaller type of ama, that's a stringency. However, there's also the other aspect. There is a halacha that for a mavoy to be considered a mavoy, it has to be four amas long. Okay? Well, if the mavoy to be a mavoy is four amas long, well, if it's the, the ama that's a five tefach ama, then you only need it to be 80 inches long as opposed to 96 inches long. So that would not be a stringency. That would be a leniency. But it kameshach mavoy ba'arba amas delikula. Indeed, you have to say that uh, a baya holds. One second, that 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 a baya basically holds that the halacha is that the the minimum width, minimum length. I'm sorry, of a mavoy is only four is four tefachim and not four amas. And maybe indeed he holds that it needs to be four amas wide. I is going to be a leniency. When he says that the five and he says it as if it's a stringency. Well, it, it's a stringency in general. But however, he may hold that when it comes to the amas, that the length of the of the mavoy, that the minimum length of the mavoy is four amas. Indeed, over there he holds like the more stringent level, which is that they have to be the six tefach ama and not the five tefach ama. And when he says all the amas, he doesn't mean all the amas. He means the majority of the amas are like this. But any time that it's going to end up being a leniency, indeed, he will be stringent and say it's the sixth tefach ama. Ama sukkah ba'ama spaschamesha. The, the uh, ama of the sukkah, the measurements of the sukkah, is also a five tefach ama. So what's this halach? For the goiva. It's halach is for the height of the sukkah. Once again, it's going to be a stringency. If the height of the sukkah is only five tefach ama height, then it's only going to be a maximum of, um, of 400 inches, right? But if the height of it is the 24-inch height, 24-inch ama height, then it'll be a maximum of 480 inches. And also for the laws of Daifanakuma. The Daifanakuma is um, a wall. And basically, the, the wall of the sukkah, the, 
if you have a wall going up, you could actually look at the walls if it's bent over. It's hard to explain without like um, pictures, but basically, if you have a wall of a sukkah and there's pasul schach, right, right next to the sukkah, the actual pasul schach, what we do is we say something called daif and akuma, and we look at the schach as if they bend over and become part of the wall. And then even more pasul schach is still kosher because we don't look at that area as if it's schach, we look at it as if it's part of the wall. Okay? Now, What's the measurement of Daifin Akuma? The measurement of Daifin Akuma is that up to four Amis of Pasal Schach that are directly abutting the wall, we're still going to consider that as if it's attached to the wall. Well, if the four Amis are going to go with the five Tefach um, measurement, then that indeed is a, a, a stringency that the four Amis is maxed out at, um, at 80 inches and not more, right? As opposed to 96 inches. The Tanya, we went to Nebraisa. Any sukkah which does not have a, a, a four ama by four ama area is pasal, right? And this is going to end up being a leniency. Why? Because if you're telling me that the ama of a sukkah is a five tefach ama, well, then in a scenario where you're making the, you're figuring out the, the, the width and the length of the sukkah, all of a sudden four amas is your minimum size. Well, if all you need is a five tefach ama, then you're at 80 inches is already sufficient and you don't need to go to 96 inches. Our answer is Kirabana. He holds like Kirabana. says that it does not need to be four amas by four amas. As long as it has, the sukkah has enough space for a, a head, most of your body, and your table, which is about seven tefachim. So indeed, he does not have a case of a leniency by a sukkah. The fact that a sukkah's amas is only a five tefach ama, that's not going to have any lenient application by a sukkah. Because he does not hold that you have a minimum measurement to a sukkah, which is an ama measurement, but rather your minimum measurement to the sukkah is a tefach measurement of seven fachim. Another answer, or you could say the same thing we answered earlier, that when he said that this is a, a, lenient, a stringency that comes out by a sukkah, he meant that in general, this is going to be a leniency to have a five tefach, I'm sorry, a stringency to have a five tefach ama. But occasionally, it will not be a stringency, and then you're going to go to the greater measurement of a sixth tefach ama. So if it comes to, a, if the halacha was that you needed a four amas for your sukkah, indeed the four amas that you need for the width and depth of the sukkah would be the four amas that you need of the sixth tefach ama. But in terms of the height of the sukkah, it would be a five tefach ama. Now, he said amas klayim, that the law of the, the measurements of the, the cubits for klayim, What's that relevant that he says it's a six tefach ama? So what's that relevant? For the karachas hakarim, ulu mechal hakarim. Karachas means a bald spot of the karim. Mechal hakarim is like the the um, the places that are around the karim. The Gemara is going to explain what we're referring to. The Tanah we learned in the Mishnah. Karachas hakarim eshamay erem esrim ve'arba amas. Basically, here's halacha. Let's say you have a karim, you have a vineyard. In the middle of that vineyard, you have an open area where there's no vines planted at all. How big does that open area have to be without any vines at all to permit you to start planting other um, vegetables in that area? Okay? So Ishami says it has to be it has to be 24 amas. is if in between the, the vineyard and the, the boundary marker of the field or the, or the wall, you have an empty space. If it's a big enough empty space, you can start planting things there as well. Okay? Over there also, there's the machlikas about how many amas is necessary to be open. What's karachas karem? Where you have a karem that the, the inside of it is completely uh, um, destroyed, right, or empty. 
and there's not 16 amas um, area, then you're not allowed to bring other um, grain to plant there. However, if there is an empty area of 16 amas, then you're allowed to bring your stuff as long as you have four amas to, to um, space in between your, your other grains and where the vineyard begins. And you plant the rest of it. In between the vineyard and its wall. If you don't have 12 amas, you're not allowed to bring other, other plants there. Then you have to leave some space be able to go in between the, the rows and then you plant everything else. So what are we trying to say over here? We're saying that that also has to be a sixth tefach ama. That's a stringency. Because to permit you to ever plant anything, it's going to have to be the sixth tefach size, which is more stringent than it would be the five tefach size ama. But whoa, there's another halacha. Halacha is like this. When it comes to klayim, you only start talking about klayim if you have a vineyard. Now to define something as a vineyard is complicated in halacha. You can't just say, I planted one vine. That's not a vineyard. It has to be a certain amount of vines, certain amount of rows of vines. But let's say your rows of vines are too close together. They wouldn't really be able to grow well together. According to one opinion, that's not even a vineyard. So when it comes to figuring out how far apart those vines have to be for it to be a vineyard, the halachas have to be four amas apart. Now, we have the halacha of ritzufim, and we say that as long as there's four amas in between the vines, then it's considered to be a vineyard. Well, if you're four amas in between the vines, for it to be considered a vineyard, are four amas that are six tefach amas, then you have to have 24 tefachim in between vines for it to be considered a vineyard. If you have anything less than that, it's not a vineyard. Well, that's going to be a leniency then, right? Does Archul have pictures of this one? Okay, good, awesome. Okay, then uh, hopefully everybody's looking at the pictures because it's a little hard to just try to explain it without a uh, picture. It did not, we learned in a Mishnah. You have a vineyard that the vines are less than four amas away from each other. Shimon says it's not a vineyard, right? The Chamim are of the opinion that, that we look at it as if it's a vineyard and we just ignore whatever is inside there. And you have to say that he holds like the Chachamim. And since he holds like the Chachamim, it's true that if he held like, like uh, Rav Shimon, then the fact that you need to have a specific amount of space in between the vines for it to be termed a vineyard would end up being a leniency if the space is very, very large before it, before it can be called a vineyard. But if you look at the Chachamim, you don't care about the in, empty space in between them, in between the vines. And whether there's empty space there, whether there's rows in there, it's still going to be considered a vineyard. So there won't be a leniency coming out from the fact that he says it has to be a six tefachama. Once again, he is saying the idea of roiv amas, that the majority of amas, most amas, are going to have to be a six tefach ama when it comes to a vineyard. But are there amas that are not six tefach amas? Yes, there are amas that are not six tefach amas, that indeed they would be a five tefach ama. Because in that terminology, in that context, the five tefach ama would be a stringency. Okay? Rava Mishmeder of Nachman Omar, Kol Amas, or finishing up right here, Rava says the name of Nachman, Kol Amas for Amas Bas All the amas that we talk about have to be a six tefach ama. He doesn't agree to this whole idea that there are six tefach ama, five tefach ama. Is like this. They're all six tefach ama. El alalu sheichakos alalu atzuvos. The question is, the amas that we're talking about are they the amas that are um are they are they put together? When you make a tefach, you go like this, right? So are you making your tefach like this, like put together, or are you making a tefach like uh, more held out apart? Okay. So depending on how you make that tefach, it's going to be a larger area that you have to cover. So they're all six tefach amas. The question is, are the 
each tefach that we're dealing with, are they the sheikhakis, which are the smiling ones, or are they the atzuvahs, the sad ones? The sad ones are closed up, smiling ones are wider. Whenever the Chacham said an Amma, they always referring to a sixth Tafach Amma. Except, right? Rather that the that their halachas are not exact, they're not exactly the same size. According to Rava, that's Kishmak. Because Rava is going to say, when we say that the measurements aren't the same, well, yeah, sometimes we talk about the sixth Tafach Amma that is the open type of sixth Tafach Amma. Sometimes we talk about the sixth Tafach Amma that each Tafach is closed and they're not the same measurements. But according to Abaya, who said that, no, there's just two different types of Amas. There's an Amma that's a six Tefach Amma, an Amma that's a five Tefach Amma. He never differentiated between six Tefach Amas that are different sized, right? But this, this price seems to say there's six Tefach Amas that are different sized. Kasha. So this is going to be strange because the, they over here, they're saying that all Amas are six Tefach Amma. The question is, what type of Tefach are we talking about? Abaya would say, Amas, Amas, Klaim, Amma, Bas, Shisha. When the Brisa said that these Amas are all the same, right? We're only talking about the Amma of a Klayim, that the Amma for a, uh, for a Klayim are always going to be the same size. But all other Ammas, they're not always six Tefach Ammas, and they're not always going to be the same size. Okay.